Hello and welcome to the Highlight Zone Podcast. I'm Noah Manderfeld. Three Lakes pulled off probably the biggest upset in WIAA tournament history. They beat Blackhawk, who had a 75-game winning streak and hadn't lost a game since 2018. So it only makes sense to run this interview back. Matt Infield talked with Kara Sawinski and Sydney Lurvey, along with her dad and head coach, George Lurvey, about the upset. They walk you through the entire thing, from start to finish, from bus ride to walking off the court as champions. They go into detail as to how they stopped potential Miss Wisconsin basketball Bailey Butler from going off and what went on those final minutes when they were trying to hold on against Blackhawk. I'll let Matt Infield take it away from here. It's a good one. Hope you enjoy all right, Noah, thanks. Uh, we are joined for the Run It Back podcast. We don't normally do this, but the Three Lakes girls basketball team has quite the story to tell from the state championship in lacrosse. So joining us now are senior Sydney Lurvey, junior Kara Sawinski, and head coach George Lurvey. Guys, it was a lot of fun last week. Looking forward to this conversation once again today. Like I said, there are a lot of layers of what happened with you guys in lacrosse. Uh, quite the thrill ride to... To say the least, I want to kind of go in chronological order here. So let's just start out with the the send off at Three Lakes on this was Wednesday going into Thursday. You've got the whole school. You've got the community there to send you off, to send you down to Three Lakes or to lacrosse, excuse me. Was that everything that you guys, especially the players, had hoped for and wanted? Yeah, Um <laughs> It definitely was. It was a really special moment for my teammates and I. Um, it was super loud. They were cheering, clapping. They did kind of a send-off cheer for us, and it was very special, and it was kind of everything that I'd hoped it'd been for. Um, it was great to see all my friends and teachers gather there and to celebrate us and wish us luck. I would have to say it was one of the specialist moments I've had in any of my sports for my high school career. It was amazing to see everyone cheering for us, you know, wishing wishing us luck for our trip down to lacrosse. So now the bus ride down there, like I said, you guys had quite the uh, quite the trek down there. That's a nice little four hour ride from Three Lakes to lacrosse. But how was the vibe on the ride down there? Because that could kind of, I, you know, I I never played a state championship. I played enough sports to be on those bus rides where that could kind of set the tone for whatever game or tournament you're going into so what was that vibe like on the ride down um on the ride down it was it was really fun at the beginning uh when, once we left the school we had a fire truck and police escort to um sugar camp which is we went and saw the elementary kids there so that was really awesome to experience that and just have like the road blockade for us and stuff and everyone was out there waving at us made a sign so that was really special and then um, I thought it was really fun on the way down. It did not seem like four hours to me. I got to hang out with all my friends and everyone. We were all super excited, and we all had a ton of energy, and we were just ready to get there and play. Yeah, there was for sure a lot of chatter on the bus ride down there. Not many minutes were very quiet. Um, I thought it was so special that we got the police and fire truck escort. That's something that not a lot of people get to have in their life, so that was awesome that our whole entire team got to experience that. George, as a coach, were you experience, were you enjoying the ride or were you masterminding game plans in your head? I did watch a lot of game film on the way down, no doubt about that. And I we watched plenty of it. It's just like you feel if you have a four-hour ride, you just maybe you'll catch something you didn't catch originally, you know. So we did watch a lot of game film on the way down. Um, 
we split our trip up with, uh, we had a stop about halfway, let the kids get out, um, stretch their legs, stopped at a gas station, got some snacks. And then we made our way to uh, West Salem High School. So I'd like to thank them for allowing us in their gym, something not a lot of high schools were open to, obviously, with the whole COVID thing. So, you know, it was a little more difficult this year. But uh, West Salem let us in their high school. We had a practice at West Salem High School. I had a really good practice, kind of just reviewed our game plan. And then we headed the rest of the way to lacrosse, got checked into our hotel room. Did you catch anything? I'm curious. Did you catch anything on film in that last day that helped you guys? Uh, not really that we caught anything. I guess just reassured that we were confident in our game plan. Uh, Rumi, Sydney, and Kara, how did you guys sleep the night before? Um, <laughs> I think Kara and I were up the latest out of anyone, but uh, we were just super excited. Um, Kara and I had actually ended up being in a suite with uh, four of our other friends, so the four of us kind of stayed up in the living room and talked, but then Karen and I had to our bedrooms and we watched some funny videos and just talked about how excited we were and stuff for the next day. Uh, but we were definitely rested in the morning. I woke Kara up and we were ready to go. It definitely helps when you're rooming with some of your teammates. It helps calm the nerves because you're all in the same boat together and just talking and having a normal routine helps you, you know, prepare yourself, but it helps, you know, take the nerves away. But yeah, we're probably up the latest, but we still got enough rest for the next day. What is the, obviously you guys have the 905 tip, which is really early and completely outside the norm of what you guys are used to. George, I, I'm sure you're probably the person to ask for this. What does the itinerary look like Thursday morning before the game? Um, We we had a, what time was, it? I think like seven o'clock breakfast as a team and uh, just a light breakfast and made sure the girls were stretched out loose awake. You know, um, the nine o'clock tip off is what worried me the most. It's just something we're not used to doing even over Christmas break and stuff where we have morning practices. We usually don't go till maybe 10 o'clock and we used to do morning practices a year ago, two years ago. And I find that I quit them because they're just terrible. They're just, everyone's dragging and I, I just don't like, the vibe we get from it. And then here we draw the nine o'clock game at state against Blackhawk. So that was actually, I was, I was nervous about how they would do cardio wise. Everyone's cardio seems to be terrible in the morning, you know, but uh, we had our breakfast together as a team. Everyone was really excited and loose, you know, and, and that was our goal. I thought we could come in loose because we were such an underdog that we didn't have the pressure on us, you know? And, uh, Definitely got good vibes from the kids, and we had our team breakfast and made our way over to the lacrosse center, got checked in, and played uh, a historic game, that's for sure. Yes, to say the least. By the way, for the record, I'm not a morning person either, so you guys are not alone in that boat. Sydney, I think you said post game that you said you felt like it was your guys' game from the opening basket that you guys scored. Why? Um. So initially when Blackhawk had inbounded the ball from watching film, we know that they're uh, like pass it twice and take a shot. And they usually score right off that. Well, the, their first possession of the game, I had noticed that our defense was just sticking right with them and they couldn't find an open look. Bailey couldn't uh, drive to the hole or get an easy shot off. So I felt extremely confident within uh, that first play that they were going to have to work for this win. And, and then we went down and scored right away. So I was, I was super confident and I just felt, 
like this weird vibe type thing that it was going to be a really good game. George, uh, obviously the box and one strategy was one that was very effective on Bailey Butler, who you said is likely going to be Miss Wisconsin basketball and is a division one commit at Green Bay. Obviously a great, great player that you guys had to deal with. When did you realize that that was the correct strategy and that that was containing her the way that you had in mind? I think going into it, Bailey's played against a box and won a lot in her life because she's so good that a conventional defense just isn't enough to beat her. And I, I think the first couple possessions, we, we feel we have a unique player in Emily Fink. She's, uh, she's very physical and very strong. And we thought our box and one would be a little bit different because Bailey hasn't faced a defender like that, that we're aware of. So we thought uh, Emily's uh, physicality and her strength uh, she plays real aggressive. Uh, we thought that could possibly wear Bailey down. And, uh, you know, probably five, six possessions into the game, it almost looked like we were, it was like playing out because uh, Emily was staying right with Bailey. She was uh, – Bailey wasn't getting a single good look. And then, obviously, to help Emily, we all – you know, our box in one was Emily stays man defense on Bailey the entire time, and everyone helps every chance they have. And uh, I think early in the game, it was apparent that we were going to at least stick with them for a while with that defense, I, and unless their coach was able to adjust in a manner that we didn't expect. But uh, they pretty much stayed in the same offense, and we stayed in that same defense. When Emily came out of the game, we'd go to a 1-3-1 defense, give Emily a breather, and then put Emily in fresh and go right back to that box in one. But like I said, I, I think a lot of teams have played the boxing one on her. I, I just think ours was a little bit more unique because of the team that we have. And obviously any great player in basketball not only is going to get theirs, but is going to get open looks and easy opportunities for their teammates. So you've got the boxing one and the physicality that you're playing on Bailey, which is wearing her down. But what do you think works so well to not allow her teammates to then pick up the slack scoring-wise and let her – uh, create plays for for the rest of her teammates? Well, we had that part scouted out pretty well. Uh, they, they sink their two best three-point shooters in the corner baseline three. And then Bailey basically, if she makes a pass, she goes to the free throw line, posts up, or she drives to the free throw line. The box in one stops her, and then she kicks it to those shooters. I think what was unique about our team was that the girls we had closing out on the shooters are six-footers with long arms. And I don't think, you know, if you, you watch a lot of their games, their shooters have all the time in the world to get a shot off. And I think they were surprised by that. We were ready. We knew the pass was coming. That's what we worked on. So Bailey would kick it to that baseline three. And now here we have a six footer with long arms up in the air. And I think that slowed their shooters down. And I, I honestly think that was the biggest factor of the game. It, it was everything, but uh, I think that slowed their shooters down enough that kept us in the game until they tired out. Now, that's the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, Sydney, congratulations. You set a state record for threes made in a game with six. Did you feel like you were in any more of a zone than you – obviously, you're a great shooter. Did you feel like you were in any more of a zone than you normally are, or was it just a day at the office where the threes were falling? Um, I was actually a little bit nervous when I had started the game because in warm-ups, I was not making too many shots, but – so I was kind of a little bit nervous to start it off, but then um, I had hit the first two in the first half and I was just like, okay, I'm on today. 
so I kept shooting and I never really thought about it, to be honest, when I don't think about shooting, that's when I have my best shooting nights. So, um, it's kind of all of a blur to me. I don't remember ever thinking like, uh, this is insane or anything, but, uh, yeah, I just kept shooting because I recognized that I was hot. So. And four months don't matter anyways. All yeah. three of you, were there any nerves that set in late? Obviously, you guys were in it the whole way. You guys were up five with five minutes left, I believe. Goes down to the wire. Was there ever a nervous a nervous moment where it hits you like, oh, we're we're actually gonna pull this off? <laughs> I, I think for me it was it was pretty late. I'm a pretty intense coach. The girls will tell you that. There's some intense moments, especially in close games. And I was actually fairly calm the whole game till. I'd say that last minute, um, you know, then Bailey goes to the free throw line and you, we look and we have a two point lead. You're like, okay, it's going to be tied. And then when she, she hit the front of the rim on her first one, it was almost an air ball. It was short. And I thought she's, she's a little bit more tired than we even thought she was. And we knew we had her tired, but uh, then when we had that two point lead, I, the feeling was, okay, this is our game to lose now. Like we just went from the underdog with no chance whatsoever to we, we, we have every right to pull this off. We're up by two with under a minute. And uh, I think that's when it really started getting nervous for me was just the last, you know, game planning in the last minute. What can we do to ensure that we get this win? So that's when it really set in for me is probably that last minute. Girls, what about you guys? Uh, for me, the I felt um, oddly calm that whole entire game. I think probably just because we were the underdog. So we really had nothing to lose. Um, I have to agree with my dad that the, the time where I got nervous at all would be when Bailey was fouled and shooting two free throws with, uh, we were up only by two. So I thought right away, I'm like, Oh God, we're going into overtime. But then after she missed those two, I was confident that we were going to win. Um, we've been doing certain things in practices starting this year, uh, situations where we practice like the last three minutes of a tie game or up by two. So that really gave uh, my teammates and I, I just felt that there was an extremely calm general feeling within all of us on the court. And I just felt extremely confident that we were going to win after she missed those two. I would say the time when I was the most nervous was like the last four minutes because I was just waiting for Bailey to do something like unbelievable. I was like, okay, she's a great player. Like, when's it going to happen? When is she going to do something? And we just, we kept pinching off her drive and stopping her. So she never really had a chance. And then, yeah, when she went to the line and missed her first free throw, I think we were all, there was like a sense of relief that went across the team. And we were like, okay, we're good. We got it. Did her, I couldn't believe it watching it. Like when she goes to the line for two, I'm thinking, She's probably making both. But then the second thought is she's probably making at least one. Like her missing both was not that realistic of a possibility in my mind watching it. Could you guys believe what you were seeing? Uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't think there was a chance she'd miss both. I, not a chance. So like I said, in my head, I'm game planning. Okay, what do we do now? It's, it's tied. We knew they were going to bring pressure. So we had just talked about that in a timeout. Get ready for the run and jump press, which we practiced against. You know, we were ready for it. It was a matter of when is it coming? You know, what do we do? Just uh, refresh everyone's memories on on uh, how to handle it, what we practiced. And uh, I, yeah, to see her miss two free throws, never saw that coming. No way. It's nuts for sure. All right. So then fast forward 10 seconds later, whatever it is, 
buzzer sounds. It's over. You guys snap a 75-game win streak against an incredible program that has not lost since the state title game in 2018. George, I can see the smile on your face right now. Uh, <laughs> thinking back to the moment now a couple of days later, just the best you can. I'm sure a blur is probably the best way to describe it, but whatever you can remember, describe whatever rushed over you in that moment. It's so hard to describe like the emotions were at first it was just, just pure joy. Just like, I can't believe in my opinion, it's a historic game. I've been told by many that they think it's possibly the biggest upset in WIA history. So we knew the feet ahead of us. We knew who Blackhawk was. We studied them, you know, it just to pull that off the joy for the kids, everything. Um, then I got rushed away, did some media interviews and I came back and of course the lacrosse center is empty because everyone got rushed out fairly fast. But so then when we exited the lacrosse center and all of our fans were there and I would say three quarters of them were in tears. <laughs> That's, I think, when it really set in what we had accomplished and how proud everyone was of us. Girls? Uh, for me, I don't really know if I can put it into words. Um, it's probably the most amazing thing that I will ever experience. Uh, by far, the most amazing that I have experienced. Um, I just know I can just remember going up and giving my teammates a great big hug. I was bawling my eyes out. Um it, it was truly incredible. I, I don't even have words for it. It, it still is, makes me so emotional and so happy to say that I get to uh, be a part of that win over as such a historic win, like my dad had mentioned. Kara, you spiked the ball, so I know you were pretty excited. Yeah, I just keep like reliving in my head the time when Sarah got the steal that really sealed it. And then I was standing right there. I was like, Oh, give it to me. Give it to me. Like, let me, let me just hold on to this thing until the buzzer runs out. And then the second I heard it sound, I was like, Oh my gosh, we just pulled that off. And then it was unreal. We got rushed out of there fairly quickly. Um, Sid and George were still doing their media interviews. So the first person that hugged me when we ran outside was Sid's sister and she was bawling and she was like, Oh my God, I can't believe you guys did this. It's so unreal. And all the fans were giving hugs, taking pictures. It was unreal. And I was happy that we did it. So our fans went down and they didn't just watch one game and leave. So they all got to stay and watch us play another game. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm not a WIA historian by any stretch of the imagination, but it's tough to imagine much bigger upsets than that. No doubt about it. So then you've got but like we talked about last week, then you've got to flip the switch and you've got a game seven, eight hours later. Was it difficult to flip that switch to go from, wow, we just pulled off maybe the greatest upset in the history of this tournament to we're right back on this floor to try to, uh, to, try to win a gold ball tonight? Yeah, I, for me, I think anytime you have an emotional win like that and you have that emotional adrenaline dump, I think it's near impossible to go play a great game. I mean, we definitely weren't ourselves in that championship game. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to take anything from assumption. Um, I think in a normal format where we play a day later, I think that game's a little different. I'm not, not trying to take anything from assumption or say we would beat assumption, but I know we would have played a lot better. I just, that win that we were coming off of was just so emotional that it's, it's hard to gather everybody after that, you know, that just, 
we we had this sense that hey, win or lose, we just accomplished the greatest feat there was. So you know, it was hard to get that killer instinct into the kids, like hey, we need a gold ball now, you know, because they had already felt like they won it. To be honest, girls. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think that after having a win like that, you have the physical aspect of just feeling so drained, plus that emotional adrenaline dump. To me, is almost kind of like playing two games. I mean, it's it's honestly that draining after you were um, on such a high, on such a adrenaline rush that you then come down from that. I know all of us had really bad headaches just from like losing that emotion and the crying and the um, the yelling and stuff. Uh, so it, it is hard to recover from just playing the game and then on top of giving such an upset to then really come back and play your best game. But uh, we definitely left it all out there. Uh, people like Kara and I don't hadn't even gotten subbed that first game or the second game. So we were very tired. And I think that if Kara and I had fresh legs, we could have played our different type of a style like a press. Um, so that would have definitely changed the game a little bit, like Dad had mentioned. But, yeah, it was hard to come around and play that second game that night. Uh, the hardest part was trying to get enough fluids and food into you to get enough energy for the last game. And then, like Sid said, we typically only go seven players deep. So if you do come out, it's for a short amount of time, and then you get rotated right back in, and some of us never came out. And there was some times in the game where I was just like, I could just fall over at any time. But those media timeouts were helpful. They gave us more breaks than we would have in a typical game. But, yeah, we were pretty exhausted in the championship. What does it look like between games? I doubt, obviously, after you pull off that upset that you're sleeping anytime soon or there's not really much of a chance for a nap. Is it just hydrate and eat and maybe a little bit of film? What does that look like? <laughs> They're laughing because some one of them asked me if they could take a nap, and I told them winners don't nap. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, between games was basically we got the team together we had a room at the Radisson where we could watch the second game that the Radisson already had set up for the winner of the first game. Um, so we got the girls together. They all went up, I think showered. We took their uniforms cause we were the same color uniform, yep. no <laughs> matter what. And some of their uniforms were soaking wet. So anyways, we did a round of laundry and uh, got the girls to just sit down, rest their legs, get fluids in them. Uh, my sister-in-law is actually a chiropractor. She was down there. So she was working on some of the girls. So we, we did really well as far as that goes. We got some fluids in them and uh, got some food in them and we rested, watched the other game. So I think given the situation we were in between games, that, that went about as well as it could have. I'm curious. I, I saw this discussion. Someone posted on Twitter and I'm curious what you guys think. Would you have rather played in the first game or the second one? My thought was the first one just because you have more time in between, but coming off a win as emotional as you guys did, that's also more time to kind of come off that high and, and crash a little bit. Whereas if you play in the second one, you have you kind of just get back in the swing of things a little bit quicker. But where do you guys stand on that? My gut tells me I'd like the first game. And then I started seeing some of the results and – I thought the first game we've got a little bit more time to recover, but then the I was sort of watching the other divisions and it was like the winner of that first game didn't go on to win, you know, in, not in every case, but 
I found that to be interesting. So I maybe I had my theory there was wrong that the extra rest was maybe it was too much. You know, there was too much adrenaline that escaped. Where if you play the second game, there isn't as much time to think about it and you know have to recover. You're just you're kind of in game mode still. You know, you don't have to get back into game mode. Yeah, Kara City, though, where do you guys stand on that? What did you think going in? And now that you've gone through it, what do you think coming out of it? Yeah, I think that the uh, playing that later game might have been better for us just because you don't have that time to kind of get out of the zone and then have to get back in, which takes even more. Uh, it takes a mentality and energy. So I think that could have helped us out. And also just having that longer rest kind of takes um, – kind of like lets your body calm down and like I don't know kind of drains you a little bit more so I think that the second game could have uh maybe helped us out a little bit but I'm not sure of how much of a difference that would have made we definitely made the most of being or having to play the first game for sure uh, I think with the second game I'm not a morning person at all so if I would have got to sleep a little bit more that would have helped me a little bit I was still waking up and then I find that in tournaments too, in, you know, in like AAU tournaments, the less time I have, I actually play better because my body doesn't have the time to get sore and the muscles, you know, would stay warm. So I think the second game might have helped us a little bit, but playing the first game worked great for us. So Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. It's hopefully one that's just unique to this year. We can get back to normal with a couple days show in the state tournament next year. Now, the assumption game, I'm curious. They have two, obviously, dynamic, bigger players in Bone and Grunhofer, and then also a very dynamic guard in Inara Sainz de Rosas. George, did you think that that might have been the most difficult, just purely on the matchup and the scheme-wise, that might have been the most difficult matchup for you guys of the three teams you could have played going in? I don't think so. I think Blackhawk is the most difficult because of Bailey, but uh... – Certainly between Assumption and McDonald, that would have been the hardest matchup. Uh, I think I, I was really impressed with number 30 uh, from Assumption. She, she's a heck of a ball player. Uh, handles the ball fantastic. And I, I, when I say if we were rested, it would have been a different outcome. And, I, and when I say that, I mean from the standpoint, I think we could have controlled her a little bit better from she just kind of had her way with our press because we were so tired and she just dribbled right through it. Um, I see even in the championship game, she was able to come out and get some rest because they're a little bit deeper than we are. But um, yeah, definitely their, their bigs are, they're, they're big and, and talented as well. But, you know, of all the teams they face, I, I don't think they faced many teams this year that have four girls near six foot, like we have to throw at them. So I think as far as that goes, we were pretty well matched up. Um, they hit some big shots. Man, I was thinking they'd be a little more tired than that, but they went outside and hit some big shots, kind of like we did against Blackhawk, and that, that's why you play the game. It, the hot team wins, you know, so hats off to them. Uh, like I said, I just uh, – I think number 30 was their guard was the biggest factor in that. She's, she's a phenomenal basketball player. Yeah, Sainz de Rosas is very dynamic, no doubt about that. But even then, I mean, you guys had zero quit in you, even coming off the emotional win, down double digits in the second half. You tie the game in the second half. It's a one-point game with about three minutes left. Where did that – you know, girls, I think I'm going to start with you on this one. Where did that last jolt come from? 
it was we got an easy bucket. So then once you once you kind of break that uh, dry spell of not scoring, once you kind of hit one, you tend to go on a roll. So uh, we hit a bucket and then someone else came down and hit one. So then we were kind of like, OK, we're back in this. We just got to keep chipping away. And that was my mentality is just to to just chip away with one basket at a time. And we managed to do that. And then in the end, it just kind of came out that we were too tired and uh, they did hit some great shots. They played a great game. So. Yeah, I think too, they did a really good job of not letting us get any shots off. They did awesome closing out and all that. But um, I think what kind of led the comeback was we all just started playing together as a team. I think we were just like, all right, let's let's try to get this close. Let's try to get the gold ball. But we came up short and we were all exhausted. But, you know, it is what it is. And we made the most of it. Despite that, you guys bring home the first bowl of any kind, gold or silver, in program history. So, wow, it might not have been the ultimate, ultimate accomplishment of what you guys went to lacrosse for. How satisfying is that? Oh, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, our reach return trip was as satisfying with the community wise as the departure uh we had a escort back into town fire truck escort uh there was a lines of people lining the street uh welcoming welcoming us back and uh then we met at the school and carried the silver ball into the school a bunch of fans came in and looked at it took pictures with it so you know to be able to bring that home the first team in history and our school is just an incredible feeling. I'm so proud of these girls. You know, we worked so hard for this. We had the discussions that, you know, I think we can do this in 2021. And then COVID comes and the fear of, no, this is what we worked for. So I told the WIA the same thing. I'm, I'm grateful the WIA held the tournament. You know, they could have taken the easy way out and just said, it's not worth the risk. We don't want to do it. So we're extremely grateful they held it. And, uh, we went there and took care of business somewhat and brought the silver ball home. And it's just beyond satisfying. Did you care? Uh, for sure. This is the most amazing way that um, I could have ever imagined my basketball career to end. Um, since I was a little girl, I've always dreamed of making a state trip in basketball as this is my favorite sport. And to be able to, even though it's not gold, to be able to play in that championship game and just, the experience of being on TV like that and holding that silver ball and getting that recognition from our community and our fans and all of uh, friends and family. It's, it's truly incredible. I would have to say the escort back into town was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. It didn't really hit me what we had accomplished or done until that was over. And I was riding back home with my family and they were like, do you think we're done celebrating yet? And I was like, I don't know. And that's when it really hit me. I was like, holy cow, we did this. Just a little group of girls from Three Lakes just brought all this joy and happiness to the community that, you know, we might not have had if it wasn't for our little basketball team. Just one more time. I just have to say it out loud and get your guys' reaction. And I'm sure it's going to be a good one. You guys beat Blackhawk. You guys beat <laughs> a school that hadn't lost in three years, had won 75 games in a row. Has that sunk in yet? That part of it? That's my that's my favorite part. Honestly, I have not stopped dreaming about that. This is a true story. <laughs> I have dreamt about basketball every single night since that game. And it just I I can't get over the Blackhawk thing. It was just probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever accomplished as a coach. 
Um, we worked so hard for it and to get these kids to believe. And uh, that's that's not an easy task when they, anyone can go on the uh, with sports or whatever website you want and figure out exactly who Blackhawk is. So we worked hard for it. And like I said, I couldn't be any happier for this, this team. And the reason our team is special is because I, I said it in an interview, we're a bunch of blue collar kids. They're just, they're a bunch of kids that bought into a system, believed what we told them and they worked as a team. There's no superstar to, you know, um, I'll take that any day of the week, just kids that believe, you know, and we'll fight through anything as a team. They, they're all like a family. So yeah, the Blackhawk win, it'll never get old saying that. I said one time, I, I see the day coming where I actually forget who we lost to in the championship game, but I will never forget that we beat Blackhawk. <laughs> Girls? Uh, for me, the Blackhawk thing is just, uh, I don't even know if I can comprehend <laughs> that we did that. Um, ever since I was in like uh, eighth grade, ninth grade, da my dad and I had always gone to the state tournament and we've always just talked about this Blackhawk team and we watched them and we watched Bailey Butler and followed these guys and always talked about how incredible it would, they, that team is and how good they are and well-rounded. And we had a joke last year about how um, <laughs> we're gonna, we're Blackhawk bound for um, my senior year. We're Blackhawk bound. So to see that become a reality and then to break their 75 game win streak is wildest dreams coming true. <laughs> it's truly incredible. And uh, it's so amazing. Honestly, I'm not sure if it has quite set in yet, but it was a crazy feeling when uh, we finally get back to the locker room and I start checking my phone and it's going nuts. Everyone's texting me, you know, saying, oh my gosh, that was the greatest game of basketball I've ever watched. It was neck to neck the entire time. And I think the fans didn't care if we won the championship game. They didn't care. They're like, all right, you beat Blackhawk. That's all that matters. Now bring a ball home. It doesn't matter which one, just bring a ball home. Everyone yeah. has told me that. Like, you know what? Don't hang your head about the silver ball because you beat Blackhawk and that's all that matters. So I think that that we made our community so proud and proud to be a Blue Jay. I think that was just unbelievable. I'm not sure if it'll ever set in, to be honest with you. To be honest, all of Wisconsin, including me on the other side of the TV, was shocked to see that. But the joy on their faces made that moment all too sweet. Something that they will never forget and a lot of other people will never forget. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you have any episode ideas, feel free to email sports at WSAW.com. But until next time, thank you for listening to the WSAW Highlight Zone podcast and take care.